Welcome to the Successfully Unemployed Show, the place where ordinary people become extraordinary by finding the path to financial freedom through entrepreneurship, side hustles, and passive income. We've already blazed the path, showing you how to retire early and have financial independence so you will never work for someone else again. And now, here's your host, Dustin Heiner. Welcome to the Successfully Unemployed Show. I'm super excited to have you here with us today, and I have somebody else who has a fantastic story and a fantastic way that he became successfully unemployed, and I'm super excited to have Paul Allinger on the show. So, Paul, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me, Dustin. Man, I'm super excited to hear about your story because you know, not everybody worked at either started at uh, Facebook, working for Facebook, but and then it was like the one well, in the beginning, like as it was starting up and then being able to be successful and applied. I'm really excited to hear about the story. And let's jump right into how did you become successfully unemployed and be able to do the things that you really love to do? Becoming unemployed is easy. All you got to do is quit your job. Uh, to be successfully unemployed, you have to find what it is that you really want to do to spend your time on this earth and how you're going to find work that that you believe to be meaningful and that's that's been part of the journey that's been uh uh both both uh difficult and rewarding for me it seems like because when, when i was talking to a friend a mutual, mutual friend of ours that pointed us together um i was like okay he's he's successful and employed he's making money but as you and i are talking you're like no i made my money now i'm just relaxing having fun or like i'm doing the things that i love to do is that right well i'm not relaxing i think that's the big myth about quitting your job is that early retirement is is something that's desirable and actually early retirement is just death's foreshadow uh, i think that when you quit your job with the understanding or the belief that you're just going to goof off for the rest of your life you're in for a cold awakening that uh, inactivity is not a rewarding way to spend your days i would completely agree with that now Take us back to when you had a regular J-O-B. I call it a J-O-B, the just over broke job. Now, mm -hmm. your job was a little better than most people, you know, working like at, I don't know, Home Depot or, you know, working some regular job. You had a little different. Talk to us about getting into working with Facebook and then eventually realizing, hey, I can potentially just, you know, cash out. Yeah, well, I'm I'm from Atlanta and I live in Atlanta now, so let's 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 be nice to the Home Depot. We we're big fans of the Home Depot here. Uh, so I let's I go all the way back in time. I mean, I grew up in in a pretty um, in in a very loving, warm home. We never wanted for anything, but we didn't have a ton of money. And I always I always dreamed about making a lot of money because I thought, well, if, if I don't if I have a lot of money, then I won't stress about money. So I was from from you know high school on. I was training for the business world and prepared and planning on making a lot of money through business i thought that was going to be like pretty good money you know uh, i wanted to i wanted to be in the next suburb over that had slightly bigger houses and 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 the dads drove buick Le sabers instead of you know uh old chryslers but but um you know when i went to business school i i, I sort of thought wow i could do anything that i want to do what industry am I most interested in? And 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 this was in 1997 that I was graduating, and I said, "Well, the media business." And I've always I've always been fascinated with media. And in the back of my head, I had this secret dream to be an actor or to be a comedian. And so I thought, "Well, I'll get into the TV or or or, or film business, and then someday I'll be discovered at a marketing meeting, and then I'll be famous and I'll be happy." Well, 
I couldn't get a job in the film or TV business because I had no experience and they weren't interested in talking to me. So at the time I said, well, hey, maybe this internet thing will turn into something someday. And then I, and so I started looking for jobs in the internet business and I found one and uh, selling advertising in New York City for a company called launch.com. And that's how I started in the internet business. And I, I eventually, I, I, was, I was doing stand-up comedy on the side, doing open mics and bringer shows. And I said to myself, well, someday, when I save enough money, I'm going to quit and I'm going to do stand-up comedy. Our company got bought by Yahoo in 2001 at the bottom of the dot-com bubble for almost no money, but that put us that put me at the right company in the leading company in the internet at the time. And I worked there for four years, and the stock came back, and I paid off all my student loans, and I had enough money that I didn't need to work for a couple of years. And so I quit and I chased the comedy dream, and I did that for two years in Los Angeles full time. I thought I'd be successful immediately at comedy. Uh, little did I know, or had I did I did I really embrace the fact that it's like a ten-year, twenty-year journey. It's a lifetime journey if you want to take on something like that. And so after two years, I got engaged and I needed a job. I didn't want to be an unemployed, deadbeat husband. So I was talking to some friends of mine who had left Yahoo and were working at this little company called Facebook, and they said, "Would you want to come and sell ads for us in Los Angeles?" And I said, "Sure." What the hell? Someday this company could be as big as MySpace. That's what I said. <laughs> and uh, sure enough, I went to work for, I was, I was like employee number 250 at Facebook. And uh, I worked there for four and a half years. And then in 2011, I thought, well, this company is as big as it's ever going to get. And I quit like a moron. So that's how I got unemployed. And I didn't so, have a plan. I didn't even have a plan to do what I was going to do when I left. So I, for, for a long time, I was unemployed without the successful part. So were you married at the time when you actually quit? I was, yeah, I, I am. I'm still married to the same woman for, for, uh, 12 years, 12 years, 12. Ex yes. Awesome. Yeah. I'm going on 13. Now, did she say, what are you doing? Quitting a not not on Facebook. Cause obviously we know now what Facebook is, but yeah, just quitting yeah. without having something to jump into. She didn't No, We discussed it for a long time and you know, I wasn't happy in my job for a variety of reasons and, um, all of which seemed pretty silly in retrospect, but I was burned out and I, and I, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew I just didn't want to do that anymore. And, and what's weird about having money, you know, some people call it FU money. And the thing about FU money, the reason they call it that isn't because when you make it, you can say FU. It's because when you make it, eventually you will say FU if you're not connected to your reason for work. And I did say it. And I had a great three months relaxing, traveling, getting back in shape, reading those books that have been on the nightstand for so long that I hadn't, didn't have time to get to. And three months were awesome. And then a few months later, I was like, well, who am I and what do I do? What's my identity if, I, if, if I'm no longer part of a, a traditional corporate job? And thus began the search for, well, given 100% flexibility, what does success look like in that scenario? So when you got done with Facebook, did you have like stock options and stuff? Is that, is that how you, you would yeah. you cash out all that? That's right. So, so when you start, you know, when you start an early technology company, you get stock options, generally you get stock options. And those options had appreciated to a, to a, to a very attractive number way past the number I, I had in mind as, as sort of what I would, what, what I could retire on. And, um, and so, and there was a private market. Now, what had happened since uh, th there became these these private markets where you could sell stock options for private companies 
in transactions that were not done on the public market. So I, so I, I did a, a, a good bit of liquidation uh, right when I left. And then again, more after the IPO and that kind of thing. Do you still own any bit of uh, Facebook or do you get rid of all I that? Do. I do. No, I didn't. I, I got rid of almost all of it, but I still own because it's been so miraculously appreciative. I think that's the way you say it. Uh, it it's it's it is uh, appreciated so much that it's still a meaningful part of my portfolio, though it's it's a fraction of what I what I initially had. Hey, the best thing I could have done is held on to all that stock, but of course, we know that you uh, aren't supposed to put all your eggs in one basket, right? Well, hind hindsight's always twenty twenty. Sure. Like, yeah. oh, we, if we would have done this or done that, I mean, shoot, back in two thousand and ten, when the market was a real estate market was because I invest in rental properties. I love buying properties. Mm -hmm. I bought a few here and there as you know, two thousand nine, ten, eleven. I would have bought a lot more. I would have been much more leveraged. I would have flipped a lot more properties just because, in hindsight, like, oh my goodness, it's been a bull run right. since then. Yep. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't spend a whole lot of time regretting it, but uh, but yeah. So I, I so I'm I'm very grateful I had the opportunity to work there, of course, and and I'm grateful that I still hold a, a, a decent amount of the stock. So from that point forward, you said 2011 is when you stopped working That's there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So what have you been doing with your time since then? Well, so uh, when I first left, I didn't really know what to do with myself. I knew I still had this creative thing inside of me and I started a blog, you know, after a few months, I was like, okay, I'm going to start a blog and then I'm going to blog and people are going to think I'm hilarious. And then, and really I had never, I, I hadn't written much uh, for other people's consumption at that point. And, and I look back at the stuff I initially wrote and most of it's garbage, but um, you know, I did, it really started me down the road of writing every day. And so um I started that and it was going well for a while. Then one day Facebook changed its algorithm and the thousands of page views I was getting turned into dozens. And I'm like, all right, well, the blogging thing doesn't look like a real easy thing to break into now. And I didn't know what to do with myself. And uh, I got kind of scared. And I went back to work. I took another job as a president of a small software company. And I did that for a year. And I was like, okay, this isn't it. And I don't know what it is, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to quit and I'm going to write every single day. I'm going to go back to stand-up comedy because I was afraid to admit it right when I left Facebook because I had failed once and I was scared to go back. I didn't know how to start again. But uh, five years and three months ago, I quit my job, started writing every day, and I got back into the stand-up comedy clubs. And so I've been doing stand-up comedy for five years. A year ago, I started a, a, a podcast about the experience of wanting money than making a lot of money and 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 how the two experiences were different than what i anticipated and it's called crazy money where we explore the happiness the, the connection between happiness and between money and happiness and uh, it's been a lot of fun that's great for me money i mean i love the idea of money and happiness but for me money is just a means to an end i mean it's a proven fact that 100% of the people will die. Like literally everybody will die and you can't take it with you. And so if you can use that and have a perspective that's a means to an end, it's so yeah. much better. Like life is so much better. So now you are continually push, pursuing the stand-up com comedy. Is it, because yeah. I've heard that something like uh, Jerry Seinfeld, he literally like writes jokes every single day. Some are obviously not good. Some are fantastic. Is mm -hmm. that something, because you said you just constantly were, are writing. Is that the, is that if you, if somebody, because I actually have a friend of mine who, who wants to do stand-up comedy, really wants to get in there. Is uh, that something you really need to do? Like what's the first step to get into that? Well, the way I got into the, the way I took the first step, and the way a lot of people do is by taking a comedy class. And if you Google stand up comedy class, 
in your zip code, you'll find something nearby. Most likely. I mean, if you live in a town that's got a comedy club, there's most likely a comedy class that's being taught at the club during the day because the clubs are empty during the day and they want to use the space and find alternate revenue streams. So what the class does is it helps you structure your material. You know, you're, you're, you've got these loose ideas of what jokes are and they'll help you write jokes in the proper sequence and, and format. And then at the end of the class, you have a graduation show where everybody brings their, their friends, family and, and, and colleagues who can't think of a better excuse than to go to the, to the show. Everybody does their five minutes and, and, and thus you are, you are, you are, uh, anointed as a, uh, as a, as a standup comedian at that point. But really, you know, you're, you're really just, you haven't even begun scratching the surface. I mean, when you think about, you know, real comedians, quote, real comedians, you know, that that's somebody that's done hundreds of shows or thousands of shows, you know, when that they had the show, um, um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking. The Absolutely. Last comic standing. Last comic standing. Sorry, last I'm, comic standing. When they had that on there, I remember, you know, I I'd been doing comedy a little while. And I'm like, they, they presented it as if these were all like uh, unknown comics or brand new comics. Those are comics that have been doing comedy for 10 years. You know, they're not putting anybody on there that hasn't been doing comedy for a long, long time. And it's one of those things that it's all about reps. It's all about it's 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 about you know thousands of reps not you know the guy that can that can be clever in front of in front of people who know him or or in front of everybody he knows for five minutes it's about walking into a room full of strangers and finding something to connect with them on what is so is that your passion is comedy your passion is that something that you, because you have in the past worked hard and you got to where you are now and that's something you're desiring to go to yeah, I mean, it's something I'm doing. And, and you know, one of the things also you find out is that um, there's a, it's one in 10,000 or, you know, one, one in a thousand people that are ever going to make a living doing this. And so to say that you want to make your living doing stand up comedy is is um, it's possible. Well, it's possible to say it, but it's 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 very unlikely that you'll ever be able to do it. Um, so if you're going to be chasing a passion, you should be doing it for the pat for 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 sake of the passion, you know. Be a comedian because you love doing stand up comedy and you love writing and you love being around other comics and you know you like to stay up until one o'clock in the morning because that's what your life is going to be about. And I think that sometimes people think about chasing their dreams when they're in a corporate job that feels like it's a grind and they're like, oh man, I want to quit my dream. I want to quit my job and go work for myself and be a stand up comedian or be a writer. Well, let me tell you something. If you don't like being by yourself all day, don't be a novelist because that's what it's what that's what's required to write books. And one of the things that I was surprised about when I left my job was that uh after the first initial euphoria, that when the the weight of the stress of your quarterly goals is lifted off your shoulders, that lasts for a few months and it's amazing. But at a certain point you're like, "Wait a minute, what kind of a life am I living?" and I why am I lonely? Well, I'm lonely because I'm at home all the time. I'm not with my friends. And, and you actually have friends at work. And if you don't have friends at work, it, it's, it's not necessarily the work you're doing. It's the place where you work. Like find a place where you have a solid community of people that you like to be around. That's, there's a lot of value to be, to be derived from work that I didn't recognize when I was in the corporate world. It seems like the path that you've taken, you've taken good opportunities. Like obviously was it launch.com and that was yeah. bought by Yahoo yeah. and then Facebook. And then now you're trying to take an opportunity of your, 
obviously it's going to be a little harder doing, uh, actually I would say a lot harder to do the stand-up comedy type of thing, but talk to us about opportunity and jumping into those opportunities and I guess getting the most out of those because, you know, if somebody sees, oh, I'm just going to jump into launch.com, even though it doesn't go anywhere and it gets sold for pennies on the dollar or whatever it might could have been. And then Facebook, what are your thoughts about taking um, uh, opportunities and as they come and jumping into those? Well, I mean, I didn't really think about, you know, the good decisions I made coming out of business school were to really try to find some, uh, a job that I was passionate about. You know, I had offers from the consulting world and from some, some event planning companies, but I, and I looked at, and I, and I was grateful for the opportunities or for the offers. But when I really thought about it, I was like, this is not something that I'm passionate about. And I want to do work that I'm passionate about. I was very fortunate to find that with a group of truly amazing human beings at launch.com. Um, some of the people I worked with are still very close friends of mine to this day. And they were also very brilliant, very uh, hardworking and committed to the space. And they've turned into some of the leaders in the industry, CEOs of companies that you know, presidents of major media organizations. Uh, and they're people that I came up with in the ranks 20 years ago. Uh, so I was very fortunate to find that when, when Yahoo bought us and I made it through the dot-com bubble, the company, we went public and then we disintegrated from like 300 employees back down to 35 or something. And I was, I was fortunate to be among those survivors and I made it up to Yahoo where I was like, all right, I don't know what's going to happen with this because in 2001, after Yahoo bought us, you know, we had 9-11. <clears throat> we were in the midst of uh, the first very serious recession of my adult life. And I was just like, you know, things are kind of bad right now, but I think I'm in as good a place as I can, uh, that I, as I can be. And there was a lot of like, you know, Yahoo itself was changing. The old Yahoo had, had, had was, was super successful and then kind of fell apart like everything else did in the dot-com bubble. But I was like, all right, I don't like, I'm committed to this place. I'm grateful to be here. I'm just going to work hard and try to do the best job that I can. And over the next few years, things changed. You know, I, I, I wasn't, fortunately, I wasn't in the real estate or the financial business in 2008. I can't imagine what that was like. Those must have been two or three or five brutal years for the people in that business. But as we were saying before we went on air, I think, that in 2010, you're looking around going like, okay, things are stabilizing. What do I do from here? And in that position in 2001, I was just like, I'm just going to work hard, keep my head down, try to create value, try to do what I can, do what's right for my clients and, you know, be a good team member here. And that all worked out really, really well. I love the, the thought that you are working hard, like you're, you're just not necessarily putting your head down and just grinding it out. No, but you're working hard. You're going to be, if, if you're having a job, you're a valued employee. I know everywhere that I worked, I tried to be the best employee that I could absolutely be so that, and I, it was actually pretty sad is I was working a job. I was doing really well, getting raises. Everything was going great. But then the organization ran out of money or they were running out of money and they had to lay me off. Well, because I was such a hard worker, like you said, like you, you work hard, you do your best. I had so many other departments saying, you know, yeah, I, I want you to come work for me. So I actually, even though I got laid off, 
I got picked up before I even got laid off. Like the completely like the layoff notice actually came, but I never was done because I had two weeks. But within that two weeks, I got another job. And so it, it's, it, it's a lot to say about having hard work, but at the same time, tying that with opportunity and applying that to opportunity, I think opportunities comes because we're hard workers. And with that, you actually move into great things. So do you foresee anything? And I'm not sure if you even have thought about this, but do you foresee anything like that coming in the future from your history of knowing how the, you know, cycles come and go, uh, .com uh, bust, boom and bust, and then real estate? Like, do you see anything in the future that could possibly be, like, make it, we can take advantage of? You know, I don't, I, I, I wish I knew what the next big cycle was going to be. I mean, I think, I think, I think one of the reasons I was, I was in that mindset was because I was 32 or 33 and I hadn't put anything in the bank yet. I was still paying off my student loans and, you know, I was in, Hey, if I, I I'm in a great place to learn and I'm in a great place that if I, that, that if I just play the play the game and i don't mean that cynically i mean if i if i play the playbook if i run the playbook that this is going to work out like i love this industry i want to be a part of it for a long time and if i'm committed then things will be okay i wasn't i, I you know i was incredibly naive about the opportunity i walked into at facebook you know i wasn't I, if you want me to predict a trend that's, I literally said that to my wife about MySpace. I said, someday this company could be as big as MySpace. And when Mark used to talk about, Zuckerberg used to talk at, on, the, on the Friday All Hands about connecting humankind, I have to admit to you that I was like, okay, whatever, man. I mean, connect humankind, silly. I was like, let's just be bigger than Yahoo. Okay, let's just be bigger than MySpace. But he had, he, his, his, his vision was so bold and, and so audacious, I couldn't get my head around it, honestly. And so... Um, but, but in the same vein, I was like, just, just do the work, just, just show up and do the work. And that's the reason I got there is because the people that I'd worked with and built relationships with at Yahoo were in a position to bring on people that they know, knew they could trust and people who would work hard as part of their team. And I think that goes a really, really long way. Now, from there, you are continuing to build your business. At the same time, you're also writing a book. Let's talk about your book. What What is yeah. it and what, what is it going to be teaching us? Well, the um, the title, Dustin, is something I've been working on all, all afternoon, uh, trying to come up with the exact magic words and and uh, that, that describe, have, that, that create both a catchy image in the reader's mind or potential reader's mind and an explanation of what the content of the book is. Essentially, uh, the working title is crazy money um you, you know what you don't know you don't know about wealth work and uh and meaning uh the, the that may or may not end up being the title but the idea is that i wanted to share the lessons of of always wanting to make money and then making it and realizing that my lack of wealth was never the issue you know, the things that the things that I saw as imperfect or broken within me or felt as broken or imperfect within me were not cured when I made a bunch of money there. There money solves a lot of problems, you know, up to a certain point. But really, it's just a tool. And, you know, if you keep using the same old wrench or you keep using your wrench in the same old ways, it's only going to provide you with the same results you've been getting. And so when I started to really find happiness and meaning in the work that I did every day as a quote retired person, 
that's when that's when you know i was i was really looking to find myself and to use work as an expression of who i am and who i wanted to be that's when i started to feel like oh you know i'm i'm going to be okay because work work was helping me express those things that I, that i've been trying to express and was frustrated that i was unable to express them all along the one of the one of the things though is that you know you when you start a new career, when you, especially in the, in, in the, in the creative arts, what you don't realize is that you're not just going to walk out and be great at it. And if you, if you're middle age and you quit a job or quit an industry that, you know, you've, you've earned proficiency in, and you've earned a whole network of trusted people on the buy side and the sell side and the financing side or whatever, you leave all that to go become a pastry chef or a, or a comedian you're starting from scratch and you're not going to be very good for a long time. In fact, you're going to suck. And so you better plan to suck and be willing to suck and get through the, the first five years or 10,000 hours or whatever until you get to just a level of adequacy, you know, and, and you're not going to catch up with the people your same age who have been doing that thing for 30 years. So, so it, it's a, it's a whole experience of, changing the, the metrics in your in, in how you uh, define success in what you're doing and if i were to sit there and say well i can measure my success in comedy based on how much money i make well damn man i made 20 bucks last night before i paid for parking so you know <laughs> that's, that's a losing metric and and but i had a good time i tried a couple new jokes uh i made a lot of people laugh for 20 minutes and it was pretty fun so you know, uh, it's just, you, you just, you, you hit the ball, you walk after it, you hit it again. That's, that's, that's how you get after that creative pursuit late in life. So you also have the podcast, like you mentioned, the crazy money. Yeah. I think the title of the podcast is great as well as if it was a title of a book, branding is very similar, obviously the same, but like it, it helps being similar. And I think it sounds like a good title. I haven't heard the only other book that I've ever heard of is crazy love written by Francis Chan that has like mm -hmm. that crazy title. But that crazy thing that just the thought of that is like, oh, I want to know more. Just like, like the thought if you say crazy money, I'm like, what does that mean? Like it draws me in. So I don't know if that helps. But yeah, it, it draws me in. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things that's that that I'm working on is how do you explain exactly what it's about? Because a lot of times I'll get people reaching out saying, oh, your podcast is about finance or how to get out of debt or and it's like, no, that's not what it's about. It's about it's about understanding what we really want from money, deciding what we want from money first and then building a life around that as opposed to assuming that the way to 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 find meaning in life is to make as much money as possible and then organizing your life in support of that goal. And so I've talked to some some pretty pretty famous broadcasters and authors and uh, I've had Dr. Drew, Adam Carolla, I've had Ryan Holiday, the author of uh, Ego is the Enemy and Silence is, uh, 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 well, I'm blanking again, Ego is the Enemy, The Obstacle is the Way, and uh, Silence is the Key. Stillness is the Key. Sorry, Ryan. Uh, and, and other great people who have really, really good insights on sort of the keys to human happiness and how we in the modern world distract ourselves from, from, from finding those things in life. Yeah. Yeah. So if somebody listening to this is, they had the perspective and they're realizing after listening to you that 
going the direction they're going of just trying to re or get money, try to make as much money because eventually you'll figure it out later, you know, what, what either fulfills you or, or what money's for, how would they make that switch now? Like, can you give us a succinct way of saying, instead of just working for money and try to get as much money as you can, instead plan your life first and then try to build the money around it? Well, I, I want to, you know, again, just acknowledge the fact that most people are dealing with, with, uh, most people are dealing with money in sort of a survival mode. And, you know, the first step in getting control of, of your life is getting out of survival mode. And so I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think if you, if you don't know how you're going to pay your rent next month, that the best first step is to go sit under a tree and, you know, try to find enlightenment. You know, I think the first step is to get control of your financial life. And, you know, um, there's a one of the reasons I'm doing comedy at 50 is because I wasn't in the financial position to do it when I was 30, you know, and then I did it when I was 35, but then my 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 situation changed and I was and I was starting a family and and then I wasn't in that position to do it, so I went back to work. So you got to get control of your financial life. You got to you know if you're in debt, you got to dig yourself out of the hole. And, and and once you're in control, you can start to give yourself some options around work, etc. But I do believe that after a certain point, more money isn't going to make you uh, a more happy individual and that you should say, I, there was a kid that emailed me, a uh, college guy that, that I know from a couple of friends removed, but he was saying, you know, like I'm, I'm planning my career and I'm going to go make money and then I'm going to quit and be a high school, you know, football coach. And I'm like, well, is that, you know, it's not a terrible plan. On the other hand, maybe just be a high school football coach, you know, and, 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 and keep your spending to a level to where you can sustain that and be, and, and learn how to be a great football coach over 20, 20 years. I mean, who knows, maybe if you, if you coach at the college level or, you know, beyond, you can make a pretty decent living. Even if you coach at the high school level, if you're not, you know, if you have a, a spouse who's an earner also, and you're not crazy about the way you spend your dough, you can live a pretty nice life. But you've got to, there's got to be some amount of self-denial in there. And if you make the choice to do the kind of thing you want to do, then don't, don't worry about the vacation, the crazy vacation you're not going to be able to take because you're, you're, making, you're making choices that provide your life with more value. So those are some of the things that I think about. Yeah, those are great ideas. I know uh, building my business, my rental property business, going from zero to 30 properties, it was just grinding, not grinding, it's, it's, it's a negative term, but like just putting my head down and working, just getting it done, buying one property at a time, sacrificing. I love that you brought that, that word sacrifice. You sacrifice now for the future. And I retired when I was 37 years old or quit my job, mm -hmm. basically. I'm no longer, I'm not retired. Some people say, like when I was saying, well, I'm quitting. Like, are you retiring? You're 37 years old and you're retiring? Like, yeah, but that's not, don't think of like sitting on the couch all day watching TV or just not doing anything. I don't I'm tired of working for somebody else. I want to work for myself. And so I would literally, I did literally quit my 40 plus hour week job to work 80 hours for myself because I just love working. <laughs> I love staying, you know, yeah. progressing, providing for my family and helping other people. It's just like, the reason why I have successfully unemployed. So I have Master Passive Income, which is the uh, podcast where I teach people, uh, my website and my podcast, I teach people how to buy rental properties, but mm -hmm. I realize not everybody wants rental properties to become successfully unemployed. So that's why I started Successfully Unemployed. It's just, there's so many ways out there to 
exactly like you said, with crazy money, instead of just going after money, you figure out what you want and build your life first or plan your life first and then have the money filled around that to help lift up that life. And so with Successful Unemployed, getting great people on like you that have showed the path that you've done and other people like just recently, you know, a taco truck vendor, re, you know, recorded one with a taco truck vendor or somebody that sells cool. wedding dresses, you know, just so many different ways to do it. And it's just fantastic. So, uh, Paul, I want to jump into the rapid fire round. Are you ready? Oh, all right, let's do it. Yeah. All right. So here's a deep, deep question. So it's a proven fact. 100% of the people die. Eventually we're going to die. We're going to have a tombstone. So not on yet. that tombstone, not yet. Not, yes, exactly. So on that tombstone, what would you like your legacy to be that on the tombstone is written out? Here's Paul and X, Y, and Z. What is it? I should have spent more time at the office. Now that was a joke. That was um, a joke. I was, I was, I internally, I'm I, like, that's a rough I, joke. First of all, I believe uh, I'm going to be cremated and, uh, you know, I'm going to have my ashes sprinkled uh, over the food court in the mall. Um, so I, I don't believe in epitaph or I don't believe in, I don't believe in being buried, but, but I know what you're asking. I, I did say, I, I used to say that as a joke because everybody says, uh, you know, on their deathbed, nobody says, I wish I spent more time at the office. And so you I got me laughing. <laughs> I just wanted to be, uh, uh, a, a little cheeky on my, on my tombstone. Got it. Now. I, so I have a, a couple other questions, but I want to ask you the, the one thing I've been asking or thinking about from the very beginning, give us your best joke. Like what is the best joke that you have? What's the number one thing that just knocks everybody dead? I want to hear the best joke that you have. Uh, well, you know, I'm not really that kind of comedian that tells jokey jokes. Uh, so, you know, if you want to see my comedy, it's available on Vimeo and on uh, Spotify and Pandora. You can Google Paul Ollinger, O-L-L-I-N-G-E-R. But uh, let's see, what can I, I, you know, I don't know, man. I, I think a lot about, about you know, uh, technology and data privacy and, uh, you know, things that my children do and, and how technology gets us into trouble these days. So there's, there's, there's stuff along those lines on, in, in, in those videos. Well, obviously, with a technology background, that, that kind of leans into that. Um, like, you know, Seinfeld's more of like the one line, not one liner, but like a, a joke joke. Whereas there are other ones that are storytellers that that at the very end punchline is where you actually start laughing. Is that what you're more saying that you have? Well, no, it's just, you know, the, the, the last thing in the, 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 the you know, the, the joke, the comedian cliche is is that whenever somebody meets you and finds out that you're a comedian they're like oh prove to me that you're funny and so the last thing you want to do is like it's like dance monkey it's like, no, <laughs> you want to see me dance come you know come to one of the shows so what is one piece of advice for anybody that's saying you know i want to be successful and employed and we already covered a bunch of great stuff obviously the crazy money i think is fantastic is there any other bit of advice that you give to anybody that is desiring to be successfully unemployed yeah go to work at facebook in 2007. um <clears throat> no i look, i got super lucky um you know and so i i consider myself sort of a corporate lottery winner because the rewards for my efforts were greatly uh, my, the rewards greatly exceeded my efforts although my efforts were very significant but i i think that you know design the life that you want to lead you know like come up with the idea that okay by you know that by by five years in the future i want my life to live look like this and and then you got to put it in in motion and you got to take some risks. You got to you got to practice significant discipline, and you're going to have to work your butt off. Um, 
you know, like you, there's a guy, there's a guy I interviewed named um, John Seforic, who's uh, just who wrote a book called The Wealthy Gardener, who who was a uh, have you have you interviewed him yet? By the no, way? I haven't. His book is being re-released uh, by Penguin by uh, by Portfolio even uh, on February 25th. But he's this he was a um, uh, uh, podiatrist in Western Pennsylvania who looked at his life and said, if I work like this for the next 40 years, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to be 65 and I'm not going to have any assets. And so, but I envision a future where I can retire at, at whatever, I think he said 45 or 50 with, with passive income. That's two or $300,000 a year. Now he didn't know how he was going to get there. And he, and he, but, but he put a vision in place and, you know, he, he would work full time at his office and then he'd go home and start his own career, probably like what you did in the evenings on the weekends. And people were like, he's crazy. Why is he working so hard? Well, now he's, he's still working hard, but he has a hundred percent flexibility with how to spend his days. Not working isn't the goal, but having autonomy over your life sure is. And you can do that by one of two ways, either making more money or spending a whole lot less. And so, uh, past a certain point, you can't spend any less. So you better figure out a way to drive new, new revenue streams. That's great. I agree with that. Now, what is one bit of advice you would give yourself when you were younger? I don't know, let's say 18, 19, 20, like your younger self would have in business and life. What is one piece of advice you would give yourself? I, I you know, I think I would have tried a couple of different things. Uh, you, you know, I, I, th I think back in time and think, boy, I wish I would have made this career decision uh, or that career decision. Um, but, you know, I think as a younger person, I probably could have left a few parties a little earlier than I left. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I, I think I could have gotten a little bit more serious a little earlier about my career. But, you know, man, look, you're going to you're going to live your life. You got to make your mistakes. The mistakes I made when I was 23 have have turned me into sort of a more aware person at 50. And so. I try not to, I try not to rethink the plays I called for myself. You know, um, they've all, they, in the aggregate, it's all turned out pretty great. That's good, man. Now, what is one app, uh, tool, uh, anything that is like, it could be a pad and paper, um, that's helping you in your life that we should look at using? Uh, boy, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty big into the apps and stuff. Uh, I love Evernote, which is a, uh, a tool for, you know, for organizing lots of different thoughts and, and creative assets. And so, uh, you know, it's on your phone for a comedian or for a writer. If you're trying to, if you've got threads of, of thoughts on different topics, you can use, you know, you can use the, the mobile app to, 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 to record and, and catch, capture your, your thoughts. Uh, you can, you can make notes about, okay, on May 22nd, I was at this club and I did these bits and then, you know, you can track how it went. Uh, I found Evernote to be a pretty good way to, 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 to keep all my thoughts um, on multiple, multiple topics uh, pretty well coordinated. That's great. I use Evernote all the time too. Yeah. So last question, what is yeah. one nonfiction book? It could be two if you have a lot of them, but uh, nonfiction book that we should read. It could be business, life, whatever it might be. Ooh, man, I read a whole bunch and I interview lots and lots of authors. Um, so I'm probably reading like 50 bucks a year. Um, you know, uh, I happen to have, here's one. I, I, I love Ryan Holiday's books. Uh, if you haven't read this book by Mark Manson, I'll leave it up to you whether or not you want to articulate the title. But I really like the way Mark Manson thinks 
about um, some of the ways that we are programmed as human beings that keep us from being happy and thoughts on how to break ourselves out of those traps. There's also a really important book that I read recently, and I interviewed the author on Crazy Money. And the name of the book is The Happiness Curve. And the author is Jonathan Rauch, R-A-U-C-H. And it talks about how as, as uh, across countries and cultures and even across species that our happiness declines from early adulthood and kind of bottoms out around the mid to late 40s. And I see this across a lot of my friends. And the good news is that happiness rebounds as we get older. And that's one of the episodes of Crazy Money that that I've gotten the most comments on because my middle-aged friends and you you you're you're still a young handsome guy with all his with all his hair but uh it's coming for you man it's coming for you but so many of my middle-aged friends who are who who are like what's it all about reached out to me and said well that really struck a chord with me so the happiness curve by Jonathan Rauch has been one I've enjoyed recently too that's great do you off the top of your head know what what um uh, episode number that is so we can check it out it came out on January 21st. It is episode 47. Awesome. Episode 47. So we're definitely going to check that out. Man, Paul, you've been giving us so much great insight. It's fun hearing your story too and thinking about working at Facebook when it was such a small company and now being gargantuanly huge company. I mean, it's like uh, it's one of those world-dominating companies like Amazon and Google. Yeah. But um, yeah. yeah, just fantastic. You gave us so much great insight. How can we find you? How can we listen more about what you have? How can we get a hold of you? Well, I sure would uh, love for you to check out the Crazy Money podcast, which is available wherever you find fine podcasts like yours. Um, and you can find me on my website, Paul Ollinger. That's O-L-L-I-N-G-E-R.com. Paul, thank you so much. Giving us great, great wisdom and insight. I really appreciate it. Plus, fun stories too. So thank you so much for being on the Successfully Unemployed show. Today's episode has been brought to you by the Real Estate Wealth Builders membership. That's the membership that I founded teaching people how to quit their J. AOB by investing in real estate rental properties. Now, Real Estate Wealth Builders is your place to learn how to invest in real estate with five different masterclass courses, group coaching with me, and a private student community where we all work together, all the tools and the discounts, all the resources, and everything that you need to quit your J-O-B by investing in real estate. Now, I do want to show you how to do this completely for free. If you want to learn about investing in real estate for free, I want to get you my free real estate investing course. Go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course. It'll be in the description, masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course. You can see how you can quit your job, that J-O-B, by investing in real estate. I'll show you how to find properties, how to use other people's money to buy properties, and how to scale the business to be successfully unemployed just like I did. Now, did you also know that there are video versions of each and every single episode on the Successfully Unemployed show? Well, I did record every single one of these for you. I recorded them for you so you will be able to learn from the experts themselves, see what they're doing, see everything that they are talking about on this show visually, and all their examples, all their slides, all their pictures that they even draw. Everything is on there. Go to successfullyunemployed.co forward slash YouTube. Or if you just go to YouTube and type in successfully unemployed, more than likely you're going to find me. So successfullyunemployed.co forward slash YouTube. And I would truly appreciate it if you subscribe to Successfully Unemployed on YouTube and wherever you're listening to this podcast, subscribe to this show so that you can always get 
every bit of new information on how to quit your J-O-B. Also, if you got anything out of the show, share it with just one person. Share it with just one person so that they can see the light that it is so much better to not work a job, be successful, unemployed, and be your own boss. All right, guys, this is it for today's show. I will see you next week. See ya.